This is the Star City Podcast, and I'm your host, Brian Smith. And I'm glad that you have joined us today, friends, because we have an interesting topic that we'll be discussing on this podcast with our special guest and my special friend, Dr. David Wheeler. David joined Liberty University after spending five years as the Evangelism Resource Group Leader for the State Convention of Baptists in the state of Ohio. Previous to that, David was an Associate Professor of Church Planning and Evangelism at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas, as well as serving as the Evangelism and Prayer Director for seven years for the State Convention of Baptists in Indiana. In addition, he has been the senior pastor of three growing churches in Tennessee and Texas. He also serves as the senior executive director of the Liberty University Shepherding Ministry through the Office of Spiritual Development, and he is a published writer and has authored and co-authored numerous books and articles, some of which you can purchase and find on Amazon. Well, David, that's quite an introduction. It is good to have you on our podcast today, my friend. Well, Brian, I really appreciate it. I love you, and uh... I appreciate your ministry, and I'm glad to be here with you today. Well, David, we're going to be talking about something that you're familiar with because you're working with young adults every day in your classes there at Liberty University. We're talking about the state and potential future of evangelism as it pertains in evangelical churches like ours when it comes to what we're seeing with the Generation Z group. So, David, what is Generation Z for the sake of our listeners and as they've been identified and and what is it that we're seeing when we look at this age group as it relates to the subject of evangelism? Well, more specifically, um, when you look at Generation Z, uh, we've all heard about millennials. Millennials were born somewhere between 1981, 1996. They would be between 25, 26 years old and 41 years old. Generation Z is between 1997 and 2012, so they're between 10 and 25. I um uh, I teach them. I've had you know forty seven thousand students over the last sixteen years. Uh, for the last few years, many of them have been wow. Generation Z, and it's been interesting because I've been teaching again at Liberty for all this time. But it's interesting to me that my first um, uh, seven or eight years here at Liberty were pretty much the same, and then we started seeing transition. And you know, I, I didn't really make a whole lot of changes to my classes, and then. Man, right now, I make changes to my classes every semester, sometimes during the middle of the semester, because the, the culture is changing so quickly. This is a generation that loves authenticity. I think they're, they're, uh, they're, they're amazing kids. They've got phenomenal potential. Uh, but they've also, they're, they're kids, you know, like, for instance, my students just took up $2,000, you, know, you know, so that we could send snacks to soldiers overseas. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you know, at the same time, many of these students come here having never shared their faith, uh, questioning everything there is about God, um, you know, wondering if it's, it's he's real, all those kind of things. And and I think the real issue you have to understand as far as the impact on this culture is this, this is not an atheistic culture. This is a humanistic culture. That's right. Um, you know, they're not, they're, 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 it's not they don't believe in God. They just want to be their own God. Mm. And, and that, you know, and of course that's, you know, that all started, you know, you and I can remember back in the eight, you know, eighties and nineties talking about tolerance. Well, you know, the, the core of our, our, our community now is not about tolerance, particularly on the political systems and all that kind of stuff. It's about tyranny. It's about, you know, if you don't agree with me, then, you know, you're wrong. You're not only wrong, they're going to cancel you out. And so this is a culture that gets their, a lot of their morality from, uh, you know, social networks, those kind of things. 
You know, they can type for days, but they can't have a conversation. You know, mm. those kind of things. But yet, I love this generation because, you know, they, they've lived through COVID. You know, they've gone through some very difficult times. And, you know, and like I said, I didn't have to ask my class twice to say, hey, we're going to take up, take up money for these soldiers. And, buddy, they're willing to do it. And, you know, we've been writing uh, cards almost every day in our classes to people that are hurting. Uh, I saw a thing on, on, uh, on one of our family things on Liberty's Network today where we wrote cards to a, a man who has pancreatic cancer. It's a grandfather. And one of the parents was putting on there said, I can't believe they would do this in a class. But, you know, these students just jump up and down because they, they want this. They, they, they really love loving and they love to be loved. And uh, much of that deals with how we deal with evangelism and how they receive the gospel, too. You know, David, you bring up a really interesting point, and it's something that we're seeing at an increasing rate, and it's growing exponentially in the mindset of of new generations here in our own country and really across Western civilization. And that's this idea of individualism, which has become the mantra yeah. and the heartbeat uh, the stronghold of a secularist society where it really isn't about others. It's about me and my group or, or my clan or, or those that think like me and, and agree with me. And yet the Lord Jesus Christ tells us that everyone, no matter how different, no matter how far off base they might be, uh, that everyone deserves and needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, it is that work of evangelism. So, you know, Christians, uh, David, we've always been hesitant to share our faith by telling others the gospel as well as our conversion testimony, or, or many Christians have been. I know at times I have certainly struggled to share my faith as I should. But we're seeing an even greater number, it seems, of Christians in the Generation Z group, uh, generation who are even less likely to actually talk about their faith than the previous generations. Over half of Generation Z believe that effective evangelism studies show means letting your actions instead of your words speak your faith. But David, that isn't necessarily what the Bible teaches or what Jesus said, is it? No. No, it's not. They, you know, that, that whole, old, whole old idea that, um, you know, it preach the gospel if necessary, use words. You know, first of all, they say St. Francis of Assisi said that, and we don't have any confirmation that he actually did. And number two, if he did, it was probably the, the most, um, I hate to use the word, but just the dumbest thing he ever said. <laughs> because, it, you know, G Jesus had to use words yes. to share the gospel, and he was perfect. And, you know, we're not perfect. I mean, look, you know, I, I wrote an article a few years ago called Incarnational Apologetics. And the idea of that is, is that, you know, the major concepts of, of doctrine, you know, if they're not backed up by our actions, you know, aren't going to be real because this is a world that reads perception, things of that nature, and that becomes the reality. And so when we begin to look at this, you know, just the whole idea of, of you know, what does it mean, you know, moving forward? What does it mean? What is, what is real? Those kind of things. These, these, you know, I, uh, when I wrote that article, it was about the fact that the informational gospel you know, itself, the truth of the gospel is always essential. But when, but when you pr propagate that without living it out, that's, that's, that's traditional, you know, hypocrisy. You say one thing, you do another. On the other end, when you say, well, I'm going to just live my life out, but I don't really have to point him back to the gospel. Well, that's traditional. That's the social gospel. That's traditional yes. liberalism. That's heresy. And so, but you have to put those two together in order to create the full being. I teach my class based upon, you, know, you probably wouldn't even guess this, Brian, 
based upon one of the key verses is First Thessalonians 2, verse 8, when Paul says, I gave you not only the gospel, I gave you my life. Mm. You know, evangelism today has to be not just having informational conversations, but incarnational integration into people's lives. That idea, the difference between sympathy and empathy. You know, yes. sympathy is just simply acknowledging what it is. Empathy is saying, no, I'm going to dive into that. And reaching people in today's culture, particularly this generation, it takes that empathy. You have to, you have to be real and genuine. Like the old saying is, you know, if you're going to go be, become a fisher of men, you got to get wet. Well, if you're going <laughs> to reach this generation, you not only got to get wet, you got to get muddy. You got to get down there with them. You got to love them and care for them because you got to truly listen and understand where they're coming from. Wow. You know, David, there are some positive characteristics about Generation Z that some other studies are showing that I, I think it, it encourages me when it comes to this subject of evangelism and this younger generation. Uh, you mentioned a moment ago that uh, they're, they're quite familiar with hitting the keys on their keyboard or their smartphone or their iPad. Uh, probably, we could say, the most digital savvy generation America has yeah. yet produced. Yet just under 3 in 10 of Generation Z young adults say sharing digital online content with someone is a form of evangelism. So, David, how might that be a helpful sign for evangelism with these young adults? Are, are, are we to draw from that, that they're getting that, that simply uh, putting an email out or t- posting something on your Instagram page or TikTok, that, that they really understand that's really not evangelism, as the Bible says? Uh, is this something that we can build on or use to improve and encourage personal verbal evangelism with this generation? Absolutely. I, I think so. We do, you know, there, we teach several apps in my classes, the story app, the three circles app, the, you know, share your faith app. And those are all good conversation pieces, you know, to be able to use. There's videos attached to them that you can send out and have friends watch. And, you know, I've literally had students sit down with people, you know, and say, would you watch this video with me? It's like a five minute video, the story video. And then they'll have a, they'll have the conversation, creation, fall, rescue, restoration, where they actually have the conversation and see the person come to Christ. At the same time, I've had students, Brian, that, that are they're gamers that go into the gaming world for the sole purpose of creating conversations online to have the gospel. And so, and they're seeing people come to Christ through that, you know, yes. so, I mean, there's a whole world out there that we, you know, from you and I, from our generation, we've never even thought about. It. I mean, when I think about the gospel, I think about a personal verbal conversation, which they should have, which we need to push towards, obviously. But at the same time, you know, there's, there's, there's these gamers and there's a whole other world out there that we don't even know. And, and by the way, there's a whole other world that's coming, you know, uh, that we don't even realize that I think if, if we're, you know, sharing your story in our culture is huge, you know, being real and being authentic is, 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 is huge. You know, uh, just, Having gospel conversations, though, come on, a lot of times these are students, they've not had a conversation with anybody. They can't walk across campus without having their ears plugged up, you know. And, and so we challenge them to take that out and just start, start having actually talk to people to do this in class. I, I'll have them turn around and talk to people in class because I, I have assigned seating in class. And I do that so they, because they're not sitting next to all their friends. They're sitting next to people they don't know. It forces them to get to know them. Mm. And it's, it's the most awkward thing in the world when they start turning around, you know, and I have to remind them, I'll come around and go, okay, you, you know their name. Now, have you asked them where they're from? 
Have you really asked him about that? They'll go, uh, no. Okay. Ask them what their major is. Ask them what, you know, and it's, it's almost like you got to walk them through this. This is how you can have that conversation with them and, you know, and almost giving them permission to say, you know, tell them what Christ has done for you. I mean, they're good storytellers mm-hmm. and they're creative. I'll tell you that. Yes. That's and a, so that's, I think if we, if we play off it, it works well. Yes. That, that's such a part of the way that, that uh, they think about life and conversing about life in the context of story. And you bring up something that reminded me of another encouraging characteristic uh, that appears to be coming to the surface as it relates to the Christian Generation Z group. We're not talking about the Generation Z group as a whole, but that part that are Christians. And that is how, unlike millennials, uh, they rarely associate negative emotions with faith sharing. In fact, half say yeah. that talking about their faith with someone else makes them feel calm, actually feel better. So on one hand, the majority yeah. of this group would rather not talk about their faith or faith matters at all. But there's another part of this group when they do, they think it's a positive rather than a negative experience. David, as you're working with this generation in the classroom, what would you encourage us to take away from this very interesting characteristic of the Christian Generation Z group? Well, I think um, I think part of it goes back to their association with just the concept and understanding of worship. Uh, I really do. I mean, it is one of the most powerful things I see from this generation now is just the, the total abandonment when they worship, when they come together. And it's not just emotion. I'm talking about the, the act of surrender, those kind of things. Particularly over the last few years when you've had COVID and everything like that, these students coming together. Um, I mean, I, I've had less issues in my classes than I've ever had, you know, coming back after this because they're so thankful mm-hmm. for that. They'll listen to us. They they do. They and they will willingly, you know, ha- you know, share with issues with you with faith. Right before I came over here today, I had a conversation with a young man who was wondering about his faith. And I was just sitting there thinking right in the middle of our conversation, how open and how real and genuine he was, how he was seeking. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, you know, there was a st- study done a few years ago by uh, uh, Barna about millennials, I believe it was, talking about 50 plus percent of them felt like it would be almost immoral to share your faith with a friend. But yet we've had some of our greatest witnessing um, testimonies over the last two years through COVID that we've ever had. I mean, it wow. was so cool. So many of them have been, you know, I got a, I had a girl, her 84 year old uncle to Christ. Oh, that's and wonderful. He tried to share with him before he wouldn't listen, but COVID brought about a sense of mortality. So she shared the gospel. And guess what? The first thing he said to her was, he said, if I give you the phone number to my best friend, he needs this too. Would you call him and tell him the same thing? Oh, boy. And I mean, that's great. I, I'm, I, it blows me away how they're, they're, they really honestly do care. Mm. You know, now I will tell you, there's a higher amount of, of just, you know, um, mental health issues that we deal with even more. But on the other side of that, there's a humility in this generation and a willingness that that I didn't see in some generations before. Wow. Well, David, this is certainly an an exciting and a very interesting topic, a very needed topic for the church today. And and I want us to pick this up again later on down the road. But it seems like for now, even though we've only just gotten started, 
in our conversation, we're already out of time in talking about evangelism and the Christian Generation Z community. David, thank you again for helping us to better understand this youngest young adult group in our churches and how we can more effectively reach them, understand them, disciple them, and support them in reaching their own generation and others with the gospel in our world today. And let me also say how much I appreciate you and all that you do to help make disciples. And as Dr. Jerry Falwell Sr. always used to say, make champions for Christ through your teaching, your work, your ministry there at Liberty University. May God bless you and Debbie and all of your family this year, David. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. And I would just leave with one word for everybody to remember. Don't underestimate this generation. Mm. Don't don't assume things about them. You know, I, I really am seeing a spirit coming out of this generation that's that's encouraging me, you know, and my job as a 61-year-old professor, as a father, as a friend, is to help prepare this generation for the days to come, and may we do that well. Yes, and, and may that be picked up by others like you and me in our churches all across this nation. And with that, dear friends, we have to say goodbye. So I want to thank you for joining us today here on the Star City Podcast, where you can always listen in on interesting conversations about life, work, family, and faith. I hope that you will tell someone else this week about the Star City Podcast and invite them to listen in with us next time or listen in on some other past podcast programs, which are available both on Apple and Spotify. And be sure to tell them to download our first Roanoke app where they can enjoy all of our studies and messages and much, much, much more on through on our first Roanoke Media Ministry. Well, thank you again for listening today. I'm Brian Smith, and may God richly bless you and yours by His grace. And as always, for his glory.